Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Now, we all know in order to be a good athlete, we have to do things like eat right and condition, stretch, practice, take supplements, etc. All done in waking hours, of course. But one key factor that we often overlook is getting a good night's sleep. Athletic performance, as it turns out, is very much dependent on getting enough shut-eye. Right now, I would like to welcome Matt Wan, the founder and CEO of Momentus. That's a sports nutrition startup dedicated to creating no-compromise products that support the improvement of personal performance. Matt, welcome to the NutriCast. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the supplement industry. <laughs> I, I think it's probably like a lot of people. Um, I was a user of the products, and more specifically than that, I was an athlete. Not nearly as serious as any of the folks that we work with and support these days, but I was serious enough, particularly growing up, that I wanted to take my training very, very deliberately. And as a result of that, I ended up starting to think more about how food was impacting how I felt and performed on a day-to-day basis. And as an escalation of that, I then started to look at supplements as a way to optimize what I was eating. What did you come across? Any big surprises when you were doing your research? When we were really thinking about creating a brand in the space to begin with, it started because I, I basically was fortunate enough to observe the inside of an NFL locker room. And essentially what I noticed was that the brands that I was used to seeing, uh, that I see on the sidelines, that I see in you know, a GNC or a vitamin shop or any of these other retailers you might even consider high end, these brands were not the same as the products that I was seeing used in professional sports. And instead in professional sports, I was seeing products that were extremely high quality, but frankly looked pharmaceutical in nature. They were products that were just tremendously formulated, developed, sourced in a way that made me feel tremendous about putting them in my body. But I really just immediately understood looking at these products like, oh, this is not a product that is well suited for the consumer market. And so our observation was that there were likely to be a lot of other consumers like me who were looking for high-end Uh, better for you products in pretty much every other category of health and fitness. But when it came to performance supplements, they were still taking, you know, whatever was on the shelf at GNC, whatever was, you know, the top selling product at Amazon. And so essentially our quote observation was that, you know, I just can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say all whey protein is the same, all multivitamins are the same, all pre-workouts are the same, or in insert your supplement of choice in that Uh, in that sentence. And not only do I not believe that to be true, that is not what the experts believe to be true. And it's not how we treat anything else in health and fitness. When you're going to be supplementing with something, particularly something that you're putting in your body, you have to do it right, or you risk actually being counterproductive. It's like, you shouldn't just go to the gym and squat unless you're going to squat really, really well, and you're going to do it correctly. Doing it just sort of halfway is not worth your time. Yeah. And the backing of science in products is so important, but it has to be sort of difficult to convey that to consumers who, like you said, a lot of them say all way or all insert the product is the same. 
it's really difficult. Uh, and truthfully, it's, it's probably more difficult than I anticipated at the time. You know, I, I, I understood going into this that there was certainly an opportunity to be found, but truthfully, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about marketing. And that's probably been the biggest challenge of just creating a consumer brand as a whole. It's, it's not the idea of, can we create a great product? It's, can I convince someone that this is in fact a great product? Or can I stand out among the noise of uh, just the, the multitude of information that's available to, to consumers these days? Mm-hmm. Even, even though what we're lacking in this space is, it's not a lack of information. And you, sure you dropped out of Harvard, um, right, to pursue your, your work full-time. And I'm sure that was a tough decision and very challenging for you. How did that happen? And was there a specific moment where you're like, you know what, I'm done with this and it's time to start building up momentum? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that there was a specific moment because it wasn't really an easy decision. Um, so I, I started the business right after high school and my anticipation was that I could take about a year to get it off the ground. My hope would then be, oh man, it, it sounds so foolish saying this on hindsight, right? But my hope was that I could hire a CEO and go to school and then have a somewhat normal experience working with that, that CEO in my spare time and contributing to the company where available. But uh, essentially what happened was we went through a really lengthy process of trying to hire a CEO, basically failed. Um, we had somebody there for a month or two and due to a couple of, of really unfortunate personal circumstances, they, uh, they basically just didn't have the time to be uh, a full-time, you know, 110% CEO for a startup at that time. And so we were faced with a difficult decision of, do we want to go down that process of trying to find someone new again? Or am I in a position where I feel like I can step up? And I obviously chose the latter, even though I, I, I understand that others might not have uh, felt that way. Sounds like you were a little more motivated than most high schoolers I've come across. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there are a lot of motivated people. I think, um, I think they're just motivated by different things. I think they're motivated by grades. They're motivated by the sports they're participating in. Uh, and, and, you know, that was me for a long time, too. You know, I, I actually, not surprisingly, I, I, I studied pretty hard to get into school. I worked pretty hard in sports. That's how I got into this, this space in the first place. I think it was just sort of a, a fortune of some of my experiences that I was exposed to entrepreneurship and, and eventually developed this opportunity that let me focus and develop motivation around something that was a lot, uh, in my opinion, longer term and more relevant to what I wanted to be doing on a time span of, say, 30 or 40 years rather than, you know, the next two or three years of my life. Things didn't exactly go as planned, but it sounds like they worked out well. How has it been breaking into the market and exploring you know, the cross category opportunities. So breaking into the market for us has been uh, like everything with this business, a totally learning process, but we really started with um, our authentic connection to professional sport, meaning that our formulas were actually developed by uh, essentially performance experts, meaning strength coaches and dietitians from each of the four major leagues. So MLB, NBA, NHL, uh, NFL, uh, and the NCAA, basically all the people that aren't playing sports right now. And uh, we basically went to them and said, if you had to give this product to your athletes tomorrow, which 
for all intents and purposes you do, what would you put in it? So I'm very thankful to say that uh, our company does not rely on my <laughs> expertise in the nutritional field to formulate our products. Um, my quote expertise in the space is really developed as a result of that process of working with these true experts. And so another consequence of working with them was that we ended up selling to now quite a few professional and collegiate sports teams, well over a hundred of these teams in the United States. And that's really been our entry point into the market as a brand that we feel is uh, uniquely authenticated in elite sport and is now making its way into gyms and into households of consumers that are, are looking for what the best athletes in the world are using. Yeah, you have a few big names backing your product. I was going to ask how you landed them, but it sounds like you just explained it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's, there's a different story for each one. But um, w as far as the, um, the sort of major league sports go, that's pretty much the story. Mm -hmm. And Matt, I also learned recently that you have a podcast. I was listening to it last week and learned that you co-founded Momentus in 2017 with Rob Deerdeck. That had to help too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it helped tremendously. It helped tremendously. I mean, I, I met with Rob that, uh, that winter and honestly, I was, I was just hoping to, to have a great meeting. You know, uh, I'd never met him before. Uh, I certainly was familiar with uh, what he does as far as uh, building businesses, but didn't didn't have any uh, direct interaction prior to that. And we just sort of hit it off, kept mm -hmm. talking and eventually partnered up at a stage where, you know, we had a concept for the business, but we didn't even have a name, certainly didn't have a logo. Um, he He literally held my hand through the brand building process, <laughs> um, to be completely honest with you. Uh, def definitely, definitely wouldn't be here without him. I had a really strong opinion about like, I think this is the type of product that's going to appeal to consumers. This is, this is what's going to be important in that product. But as far as like, man, how do you talk about the product? How do you communicate that to people? Yeah, I, I didn't even know where to start. Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of his show, Robin Big, and, you know, I was fascinated <laughs> to see, <laughs> I was fascinated to see the intellectual side. So it had to be very helpful that not only is he an athlete, but he also can talk about the business side of things as well. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, Rob is as, as scientific as it gets when it comes to building businesses. When you walk into his office in L.A., they're basic, uh, basically the outline for their like hundred step process for building brands is literally printed on the wall. Wow. Like a hundred foot <laughs> mural, essentially. I don't think a lot of people would expect that if you've ever watched the show and, you know, you're picturing Chanel West Coast at the front desk and the cousin uh, drama skating around. So to hear that, it's kind of refreshing to know that science is so important to so many businesses. And I know you're big yeah. on science. What was your uh, research and development process like? A little bit of what I described earlier. So we work really closely with what we consider to be the leading experts in the field, particularly those working uh, in the field of elite sport and performance. And we work with them to help understand what is it they're facing what is it they're really concerned about with their athletes? Where are they seeing the highest ROI on their products? And when we think about 
you know, product line proliferation, proliferation. Obviously, we're also thinking about like, what are the other products you're using? What are the, the products you might anticipate using in the near future? And from there, it's, it's a highly collaborative process. So we, you know, align on a number of sort of priority targets for the business. And from there, um, myself and a guy uh, named Dave Scholes, who's our first who's our first advisor to the business on the formulation side, put together essentially a 1.0 formula. Dave really leads all of our research process in that respect. And from there, we disseminate that to our network to get direct feedback from each of these individuals. And speaking of ingredients, I know one of your main ingredients is the jujube seed. How did you come across that? Again, it came from our experts. So you're, you're referring sp- uh, specifically to our Elite Sleep product. It was actually our first encapsulation after protein powders, which to your point earlier was um, for some people a little bit, bit of a surprise to see us go from protein powder to sleep as opposed to protein powder to say, you know, pre-workout or BCAAs might have been a more common route. But we were really hearing from our network that sleep was a place where they had a real opportunity to improve the performance of their athletes on a day-to-day basis. And so uh, jujube extract is one of three key ingredients that we use in this formula. The other two being melatonin, very well uh, understood ingredient, and magtine, which is the only form of magnesium that's been clinically shown to cross the blood-brain barrier. And then finally, to your point, jujube extract is uh, an ingredient that truthfully I didn't have uh, a ton of familiarity with before going through this process, but it is essentially the extract, the saponin and flavonoid extract of the dried, mature jujube seeds. Bear with me here. It's basically the fruit from the Zisiphus bush. And the idea is that this this is a herb that came out of Chinese traditional medicine and has since been studied for its effects on neurotransmitter pathways, specifically GABA, as a way to calm down the central nervous system. Meaning that uh, I'd say our evidence that it actually directs sleep in the way melatonin does, to my knowledge, is not something that we would promote. The idea is that this is going to help you settle down at night. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you might not necessarily feel more tired, but if you've ever dealt with, you know, nighttime anxiety, yeah. whenever you finally put the phone away and you're left with your own thoughts sitting in bed, this is what that's supposed to help with. Okay. And that's helpful for the general population, but I think a lot of athletes, especially the type A athletes are kind of overthinkers. And so th- yeah, that might affect playing their sleep. late at night, right? They're like, they're, they're, you know, they're getting off the court at 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. they go get on a plane. Yeah. So it probably, you know, disruptions from travel, as you mentioned, and also just tending to fixate and stress over things that could go wrong and probably rethinking plays in their head. So I imagine that would be pretty helpful for them. Another thing that you talk about is the clean label. And I know that there really isn't a set definition on clean label. So I was just going to ask you, what is your definition of clean label? It's a good question. There really isn't a set definition. So it's whatever de- definition that we choose to set. And for us, it starts with formulation, I'd say. Each of our ingredients really needs to be in there for a purpose. We never want to just include ingredients because there's an association 
between that ingredient and, you know, the benefits we're trying to promote. We really want to choose ingredients that are going to have a meaningful and measured effect on whatever purpose we are trying to serve. And that's particularly important when you're thinking about serving aspects of, of brain chemistry in particular, because mm-hmm. individuals have highly varying uh, sensitivities to certain ingredients. So the last thing you want to do with an ingredient like that is to have a quote kitchen sink formula, which right. is you just throw in, throw in everything that sounds relevant. Sometimes you put it in a blend, sometimes you don't, but hey, it sounds relevant. People are going to recognize this as uh, something that they should associate with energy or relaxation or whatever it is you're trying to promote. So we're going to throw it in there. That is not a good way to formulate a product. Not only is that a dishonest way to create an effective product, it's actually just increasing the chances that you're going to have an ingredient that uh, is mishandled. Mm-hmm. If you've got 15 ingredients in your product versus three, the odds just go up exponentially and it creates a more, challenge, uh, a more challenging product for you to maintain a really clear and clean supply chain process with. As far as the label goes, obviously the, the idea of, of leaving out things along the lines of you know, artificial sweeteners, GMO products or the like, that's... I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's not even considered for the brand. It's, it's like step zero, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not something we ever consider. But I think the other thing to consider, which is, is nice to see some rising awareness around with respect to the consumer market is third party certifications as well. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's difficult to manufacture th- th- these products. Well, so the number of third party contract manufacturers in the space is enormous and choosing those partners well is incredibly important and choosing a process to certify that each of your ingredients are truly in your product in the desired amounts and that no contamination has ever taken place throughout the supply chain is incredibly, incredibly important. Like I said, it's, it's really like the analogy I gave earlier of, of doing squats. It's like, if you're not going to do it right, you just shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You got to do it correctly. Otherwise, you're really missing the point of supplementation, right? Because supplementation is not meant to make up for a bad diet. Supplementation is meant to optimize what is hopefully already a great diet to support your performance goals. And so if you are not looking at the details behind the products that you're consuming, you're not only risking being counterproductive, but you're probably already being counterproductive in terms of where you're spending your dollar. Mm -hmm. So what's next? Do you have any new products that are coming out? Are you working on anything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always, always working on new products. It's you know, I'm sure like a lot of the businesses you talk to, it's, it's part of growing the business is expanding the product line, being able to serve more customers and serve more of our customers' needs. So we have a creatine formula, which is launching, we'll be following that up with a collagen formula. And then we have one, possibly two more formulas, which we'll be releasing this year, but I won't mention yet behind that. Creatine is one I'm really, really excited for. I think that's an ingredient that is really, frankly, underutilized 
and the performance market in that it's very, very popular with, you know, bodybuilding communities and the like, but just as a nutrient for increasing performance and well-being in general, I think it gets a bad rap. I think it, because of how popular it is with, you know, bodybuilding type communities, it makes other fitness communities less likely to supplement with an ingredient that I really think does have uh, the potential to positively impact their lives. And it's one that's, uh, it's actually pretty affordable, uh, particularly relative to a lot of other, um, you know, highly impactful ingredients out in the market. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to offer that to our customers again in an, an NSF certified version that they're going to know is clean. I, mm-hmm. I think the best place to start is with, you know, your diet and physical activity. And once you've really taken care of those, then that's when you should start to be looking at, uh, and, and of course I should say your mental health as well, but that's, that's when you can start to look at uh, supplementation. And so mm-hmm. that's when it starts to matter of, oh, okay, are there affordable options on the market to add to what I'm already addressing as far as my own practices? And so it's not that you know an affordable price point isn't significant. It's that I think it's really important that we don't make that we don't make it a, just about supplements, right? Mm-hmm. So 2020 is shaping up to be a pretty exciting year for you. What's next outside of supplements? Let's take a look at your podcast. Do you have any topics or guests that you're looking forward to having on? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the guest list that I'd like to have on is infinite. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's honestly a daily struggle for me of like, patience and that we're only releasing one episode a week right now even though we've got another you know 30 in the bank and i really enjoy doing them i really enjoy being able to converse with people in that environment i've i've found that for whatever reason uh, the headphones and the microphone really tend to let people open up and and you get to know people in a way that you just otherwise wouldn't in a professional environment. So it's mm-hmm. been a phenomenal for us to uh, create connections, to deepen connections with those already in our network. And we really, really hope it's something of value to our audience. Overall, in terms of subject matter, I'm most interested in, I think um, I obviously really love talking about uh, business, love talking about startups, love talking about training, nutrition, uh, goal setting and the like. And We'll see where it goes from there. You know, I think the best thing that I can do as a host is just to talk about things that interest me. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I'm never bored, then my hope is the audience won't be bored. Well, from one podcast host to another, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast. Thank you. No, it's been a really enjoyable conversation. I really appreciated the questions. It was a pleasure having you on. And for more Nutra-related content, you can always visit NutraIngredients-USA.com. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Danielle Masterson, and I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.